0: And so, you know, Christmas is a funny thing. It's one of those times of year uh, where we celebrate the light, the coming of light. We celebrate the light of the world. But there can be some moments and maybe even full seasons where we're experiencing darkness, where we're walking through stuff that we don't quite understand, that's confusing, We're walking through uh, seasons of loss or it it can be a a really bright, festive season on the outside, but on the inside, you know, other things can be going on. And what I love about the Christmas story is oftentimes we read it and and we kind of rush through it, but there's some details in the Christmas story that that I want to look at together this morning. And we're going to look at uh, Luke's version in chapter 2. And I'm going to use a different translation than I normally use. I normally use a New International Version. That's the Bible that I have. But uh, we're going to read out of the English Standard Version together. And it says in the same region, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, um, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Somebody say fear. They were scared. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everybody. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there is more angels. Uh, There was was the angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those those with whom he is pleased. So this is, I really want to focus in this morning on the shepherds. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on the Shepherd's Surprise. And of all the, you know, if you if you have a nativity scene, which we we do, it's one of the our favorite things that we do together during Christmas. As we put out this nativity scene, Caitlin's uh, grandmother actually made it, hand painted it, pretty incredible. And and on in this nativity scene, you know, each character kind of has their own experience that that happened within this story. And looking at each person, if we were to take each person apart and and, and, and look at what they were experiencing and, and how the this incredible story was rolled out to them when the when it first began, like when the announcement came, all of them were a little bit scared. Like Mary, Mary's, you know, this this whole story for Mary began when Gabriel, so a named angel, there's only like two named angels in the Bible. Gabriel shows up at her house a, a messenger angel and says hey I got good news Mary and she and he begins to tell but it says when the angel appeared she was frightened Joseph very similar Joseph didn't find out about this good news until after Mary and so Joseph had some old, his own ideas of what he was going to do when his when his fiance came to him and said she was pregnant with God's baby he was like okay sure you're I'm out of here <laughs> But if we, if we look at the story a little deeper, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And it was in this dream that, that whatever happened in this dream was so convincing to Joseph that he didn't put her away, that he, he, it convinced him, this angel convinced him. The magi, these were magicians. We're going to talk about those on Christmas Eve. These guys just, they were just, they studied the stars, they were magicians. They were Eastern. They practiced some kind of you know, Eastern astronomy, and they followed the stars. And they noticed to their surprise, boom, there's this new star up there. And so they, they, all of these people have one element that's, in, that's like a common denominator, is that God showed up in a surprising way. And I think if God had another name, it would be surprise. Surprise. And the more that we look at this Christmas story, the untold part of it is that every one of them, the announcement came with this massive element of surprise. They weren't looking for God. They weren't looking for a Messiah or the Savior. He just showed up in their life. It's amazing to me. In 1961, the Russians sent the first person to outer space. His name is Yuri Gagarin. And when he got up there, he sent a wire back to his Russian colleagues, and he said, God is not here. It's just empty. C.S. Lewis was alive at the time, and he put out an article in response called The Seeing Eye. And this is what he said in response to this Russian astronaut who went to space and said God was not there. He said, if there's a God who created us, C.S. Lewis said this, we're not gonna discover him by going up in the air. God would not relate to human beings the way a man on the second floor relates to a man on the first floor of a building. He would relate to us the way Shakespeare relates to Hamlet. Shakespeare is the creator of Hamlet and Hamlet's world. Hamlet cannot know about Shakespeare only if Shakespeare decides to reveal information about himself in the play. I thought that was good. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think what it does is, is it, it confirms the story of the Bible. That God showed up in people's ordinary life. We call it revelation. We have a, a, a theological term for it, revelation. Revelation. That I'm just doing my thing here, you know, and, and all of a sudden God shows up in the story. Sometimes we recognize him. Sometimes we don't. Actually, the common theme is, I want, I want to read this to you, is the common theme is, is, we, is we, we usually run from him. When Jesus, his three-year ministry, he talked about one thing particularly more than anything, and it was the kingdom of God. The first verse we're given about the arrival of Jesus, we knew he would be in a, in a manger, we knew a lot about Jesus, but one of the, the overarching themes was that he would bring the kingdom of God with him. That this little baby that was born in Bethlehem that we celebrate every year, it was more than the arrival of just the, the Messiah, it was the arrival of the kingdom of God. This was good news. And, and in Matthew 13, Jesus begins to explain what the kingdom of God is like. He says it over and over and over, about 30 times he uses that word, the kingdom of God. And he, he tells several parables. He goes, the, the, the kingdom of God is like, he says the kingdom of God is like a, a farmer out in the field. He says the kingdom of God is like a businessman who is, who, who is looking for great pearls, says that the kingdom of God was like a baker who was, who was baking bread. And, and, and so the kingdom of God, he, he, so he gives all these explanations about what the kingdom of God was like. And, and what I, I want you to see about every one of them was that he was saying that the kingdom of God was gonna be revealed to bakers, businessmen, farmers, fishermen, people just doing their everyday jobs and faithfully working out what God has called them to do. Not one time in Matthew 13 does Jesus say the kingdom of God begins when you go on a, a uh, vision retreat <laughs> or, or there, a certain person was journeying on a tall mountain and, and, and came across an eagle with some tea and he drank the tea and, you know, or, or like what, well, you know, like it, it was just every single one of these parables had one thing in common. The kingdom of, of God showed up in these people's lives when they were at work, when they were at home, when they were just being faithful with what God has called them to do. In the first verse, I want you to notice in this story, that in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, what were they doing? Keeping watch over their flock. So these shepherds weren't praying. They weren't studying the Torah. Like, Like there's some details left in this and some things left out, but we know what they were out there doing. They were out there taking care of the sheep, they were doing their job. And there's nothing glamorous about a shepherd's job. Nothing glamorous. If you've ever worked on a farm, I did one summer in middle school and uh, yeah, it was enough for me to know this is hard work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like shepherds are, there's nothing glamorous about what they do. They're taking care of animals. They're outside most of the time. In, in this context, they made very, very little money but these shepherds were being faithful with what God had given them to do. And what I love about this story that a lot of times we don't tell because there's angels and there's glory and there's all this amazing stuff happening was that the the surprise of God came in the sameness of the shepherds' lives. How many times had they been out in that field? Probably hundreds. How many times had they been up at night with their flock? you know, taking care of their sheep, probably a million, you know, I don't know, a lot. But it was in their everyday, ordinary lives that God shows up. And that's really, I think, when we we can boil it down, what is the Christmas message? What is the hope in the Christmas message? Is that what I do every day, even though it gets a little boring sometimes, and even though I can't find God in what I'm doing some days, that the author of your story, if we look hard enough, is gonna show up in your life by being faithful with what God has placed in your hands to do. And I love that God chose shepherds to reveal this message to you for the first time. Not kings. Not the religious leaders of that day, not those that, you know, most people were listening to and watching. It was just these faithful shepherds who were doing what God had called them to do. And then I found out that they were in the field at night. I thought sheep slept at night. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, but apparently it was during uh, Nisan, which was a certain time of year when lambs would give birth, and so here these shepherds are trying to find baby lambs. Come on somebody, like, 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 like they're doing their job when there was more happening on the scene than they realized. I just thought that was cool. <laughs> they're looking for baby lambs and the lamb of God shows up when they're just being faithful, doing what God has called them to do, running that company, leading that family, just showing up every day. It's in those times and in those seasons that God shows up. But he shows up a little differently. I was, I was raised Catholic. And so my, my family, um, you know, were, my, my grandfather was an immigrant, came over from Sicily, Italy actually put Terracina on his papers, but it's Sicily. Uh, a lot of the mafia came from Sicily. So uh, I think they <laughs> changed it to Terracina. And so Catholicism was passed down in my family. And so we, we, went, to, we went to mass. <clears throat> and, and that was my experience with church up until a certain point. And I'll never forget the first time I, I, I got away from, I was an altar boy raised in the, in the church. And then I got out of church completely for a while. And I showed back up. I went from a Catholic church to a Pentecostal church, and I will never forget the morning I showed up at that church. I had, and so my family had moved from the, from the Catholic church to a new church, and it was uh, this, this charismatic church, and I, I needed help, and so I called them, and, and they invited me to church, and when I walked into that church, and I remember sitting down, uh, you know, in, in Mass, everything is said and scripted, done, like it's already done. There's not a lot of like spontaneous anything, right? I mean, you've been to mass. Like, you're, people don't lift their hands and stuff during worship. People don't sing a lot of times. Like, it, like there's certain times where you rehearse what's said. It's on the screen. And and I think there's a there's a lot of of truth and good that comes out of those rituals. And and we said the Lord's prayer every week, and we we actually sang the Lord's prayer and all these things. But that that was the way that I was used to to God in my life at that point. And you know. And so then I show up in this Pentecostal church, and it's the exact opposite. They sang the same bridge for 25 minutes. It's like, are we going to move on? Or like, what's you know, like everybody worshipped, everybody lifted their hands, everybody sang, you know, like even those that shouldn't have been singing, they were singing. And so I just sat there. I was scared. I was genuinely scared. the The pastor who preached like his pants were on fire, that particular Sunday, he moved around like he ran. He didn't run the pews that week, but a few weeks after, he'd get so fired up, he he'd run on the the backs of the pews. It was incredible. The bass player came down the steps one day backwards, you know. Like I I just I'm just what I'm saying is it was completely different from the context that I had experienced God in up to that point. It was rosaries and confession, and rituals. And then I walk into this church and it's like, wow, it's like a WWE match or something's going. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, I didn't know if I should run or what, you know. It's like. But look at, look at this. I want to read this one more time. It says that the angel of the Lord, when it appeared to the shepherds and the glory of God showed around them, They were terrified. They were filled with great fear. And another thing I, I think we can draw out of this Christmas story is that when God shows up in our life in a new way, it can be terrifying. Because I had a context, I had a history with, with the Catholic church being raised in that. But when I walked into this, this charismatic, this, this Pentecostal church, it was very, very scary. And when we look at when God shows up in the lives of his people, all the way from the book of Genesis, it's similar. I want to read it to you. Genesis 3, it says that the man and his wife, this is Adam and Eve, they had been walking with God every day, but this this happened after the fall. It says when, when they were walking in the garden during the cool of the day, all of a sudden now they're hiding from God. They're hiding behind the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was, I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who, who told you that? Who have you been listening to? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you? The saddest part of the fall, I believe, is that now when God shows up in our lives, our first instinct is run. Up until Genesis three, God would show up in the, and and they would walk with God every day. A beautiful picture of a relationship of, 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 of God and his creation walking together hand in hand. They would talk like we would talk right now. After the fall, immediately after the fall, now all of a sudden, when the presence of God would show up or a messenger of God would show up, adults would wanna run. So what does that mean to us? Well, I think sometimes God can show up in packages in our life that we don't like and in ways that we don't understand. And I remember my experience at that church and having to transition through all that. But when I look back in my life, sometimes the the greatest moments in my life came in where God was so clearly talking to me, came in packages called like betrayal. Or packages called like, I don't know, suffering, which is stuff nobody wants. And for these shepherds, this, this great surprise came in a, in a package that scared them to death. Never seen an angel before. And I think the Christmas story reminds us all that God can a lot of times show up in our lives in the least unexpected places and unexpected ways. And we just gotta be open to it. We gotta be looking for it, willing to recognize it. And I think when these shepherds, when, they, when this happened, they had a decision to make. They could run or they could stay. It, it said fear kicked in and, and you know psychology tells us we're only born with two fears, two fears. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Every, every other phobia, and there's like two, th- I looked it up for y'all. There's 2000 documented phobias now. There's a phobia of phobias. It's called phobia phobia. There is a ricobatoria phobia, which is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Look it up. There's triscagadia phobia, which is the fear of the number 13. Photophobia. I think I might have some of that. The fear of not looking good in pictures. There, there, there's, all these, there's all of these fears and, and what I, wanted, I, I want you to hear this morning is that none of them are from God and what the shepherds had to do in that moment I'm sure that there was a fight or flight kicked in when this angel showed up and they may have wanted to run a million miles in the other direction but this isn't in the story but we know they stayed because they leaned in, they listened they listened to the message that the angel of the Lord had for them And this is, I think that this is just one word I want you to see, and then we're gonna pray together. A lot of translations leave it out, but look at verse 10. They were scared to death. The angel didn't tell them to do anything, didn't tell them to to, to face their fears. This is what the, the, the message from the angel was. You don't have to be afraid anymore if you do this. The angel said, fear not, behold. Somebody say, behold. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people for to you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord behold the antidote to the fear that they were experiencing was a renewed focus and I want you to hear this and we're going to pray fear and faith are similar in two ways. Fear and faith, number one, are both fed by what you focus on. I'm gonna say that again. Fear and faith are fed the same way by what you choose to look at, behold. And what the shepherds could have done is is fear, I think it's, it's, I've heard it said it's false emotions appearing real that fear is never of God, right? There's a healthy fear of the Lord, but all this other stuff that we walk around with scared of is not from the Lord. And we have a decision to make every day of our lives, what we're gonna focus on. And we can turn on breaking news and get a healthy diet of fear every morning if we want. And, and live in fear and scared and terrified of what's going on around us and in our world and in our cities and community, there, there's all, and that's, it's very real. Those things are very real. I'm not saying that there's not stuff out there to be afraid of. But what I'm saying is that there's another option. And I love that the angels didn't give the shepherds like, you know, a three point message or, hey, try this. They just said, no, look at, Behold, there is news so good that if you focus on this news, you'll never be scared again. And normally I would give a, you know, a talk right now around fear and I'd say, well, this is what you gotta do with your fears. You gotta face them, right? Face everything and rise. That's what you need to do with your fears. And, and, and I would tell you that if you're scared of heights, you need to climb a mountain. I would tell you if you're scared of failing, take some risks. I would say if you're scared of commitment, you need to commit to somebody. Like I you know, like I think there's some truth in that, but that's not what the angels said to do. It's not what they said to do. Cause I think it works to a certain point, but I've never stared death in the face. I've been with people who have. And I've noticed a difference in how they respond. And it's not hyping themselves up. And it's not self-discipline and, and, and well, just face it, face it, face it, no, no, no. The difference between, between being scared out of our minds and rising above whatever happens in our life is what we're focused on when we're going through it. And the angels had one word for it, behold, gaze, stare, perceive what God has done in your life. He showed up in your story. He showed up in my story. 2,000 years ago, God showed up in the story of humanity and he sent a baby. And 2,000 years later, I can promise you this, that for every fear that Satan tries to throw your way, God is gonna show up with something you can that, that's even greater that will cause you to rise above it if you will trust him in it. Face him, not to fear, face him. <laughs> Look to Jesus. I mean, I know it sounds so simple, but man, I got this diagnosis over my life. Look to Jesus. Hey, they walked out on me, and I thought they'd stay forever. Look to Jesus. <laughs> man, this time of year is stressing me out. I've got more month than money. I don't think I can afford presents. Look to Jesus. I mean, first John says it like this. Chapter 4, verse 18. Because I grew up most of my life scared, y'all. I was scared. I could tell you the first time, I mean, I could tell you the first time I remember feeling fear as a kid. And I still deal with those things as as an adult. Satan's sly. He fights our spiritual life in two ways, fear and discouragement. So if he can't get you discouraged, he'll try to scare you. What casts out fear? Well, you can face it. You You can overcome it. Or... According to this verse that there's no there's no fear in love and when we look at this baby in the manger it's more than a story we're looking at perfect love that's been embodied in a child and it causes fear just to fall off I don't know how to explain it I, I don't know how to I, I, but I've just It's the difference between people who run and the people who stay. It's the difference between people who complain when things don't go their way in their life, or they're grateful because even though he slay me, yet I will trust. It's it's the difference. It's the it's the difference. And, and it seems simple, but it's really hard because everything in, in life and in our world is just fighting for our attention and fighting for our' you know, it's a distraction. is this is that and, 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 and it's getting really hard to just focus on what it's really all about. You don't have to be afraid anymore. That's good news. That no matter what I face on this side of eternity, if I fix my eyes on Jesus, if I walk with him, if I if I I don't have to be afraid anymore. (laughs) See, because fear and faith, the other thing that they both require, is believing in something that you cannot see. That's what fear does. Makes you think there's a monster under your bed. There's no monster. But what faith does is makes you believe that there's a God who's gonna see you through every situation in your life, even when it appears like it's falling apart. Even when you're terrified, Shepherd, and you wanna run the other way. Even when you don't quite know how God's gonna do it, but you got a promise, Mary, and you're just walking this thing out. You don't know, faith believes in the unseen. So I want you just to bow your head this morning. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you said faith is a gift. And so Lord, help us all this morning. And as we we go into this Christmas season, give us eyes of faith. Give us eyes of faith, Lord. Help us to see you. Even in scary situations, even when we are fearful and we have every right to be, even when we are facing uncertainty. Lord, help us to use that faith muscle to focus on you, focus on the good news, focus on the coming kingdom, to focus on the arrival of light, to focus on the only one who's able to see us through whatever we face and to deliver us from all fears. So God, this morning, that's what we do. We just, in our own hearts and minds right now, we just are, we're refocusing. We're refocusing. God, we just thank you so much. Just in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.